What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Critics Corner Podcast. I'm William Locke, and joining me is Joe Sieben. And chaos, chaos ensued. You know, we hadn't had it all season, and oh boy, did did it come thick and fast in the final weekend of of the year, um, heading into the postseason. Joe, how you doing? Not too bad, man. I mean, we both picked chalk for all of our games uh, this week, but we both wanted chaos, and it sure delivered. And the rankings came out just a couple hours ago, recording this here on Sunday, and they just came out. And um, we'll have to we'll have to break down what we think about you know that three, four, five breakdown. But chaos ensued, which everybody loves as a fan. Um, but there was definitely a team that got left out, and that fan base is not too happy right now. Yeah, and obviously we're speaking about Florida State. The rankings come in. You got Michigan number one. Um, first time that they're number one since 1998, uh, at least with the AP poll. Obviously, the college football playoff poll is relatively new. So first time Michigan's number one in my lifetime. Uh, number two, you got Washington. Number three is Texas. Number four is Alabama. Number five is 13-0 and ACC champion. For uh, Florida State and six is Georgia. Georgia falls all the way from one to five. Like we said, a lot of great games this weekend. Obviously, that had massive, massive playoff implications. And you know, the biggest one or, or the biggest games. I think you know the, the teams that it came down to were Florida State and Alabama. I think that's obvious who who the committee were deciding between at the end. And and ultimately they go with Alabama. They knock off Georgia 27 to 24 in the SEC championship game in in Atlanta. And Florida State, I mean they they did what they had to do. Third string quarterback Brock Glenn actually from Lausanne, which is where my brother went to high school, where my best friends went to high school. I went there middle uh you know lower school through middle school. So um transferred out to high school to a different high school, but you know, so familiar with him, they knock Florida state knocks off Louisville 16 to six and they get left out and Alabama is in the playoff. Joe, I mean, what was your reaction? What were you expecting? And do you think they made the right decision? Yeah. I I mean, for me, I think my reaction and and after these games, like when, when Texas won and we said this last week on the pod, Texas needed to win. They need to win with style. They dominate Oklahoma State. They made their case, and I said, hey, when they won, I said Texas is winning in, and the way they won, I, th- I thought they'd be in. So that's how I felt after their game. Now, the Alabama-Georgia game, that's when the chaos ensued. So jo- Georgia being number one, they haven't lost in about three years. They go down in a close game to Alabama, who was ranked eighth. So they're pretty far down the rankings compared to these other one-loss teams and an undefeated, undefeated Florida State. But a win's a win against the best team in the country that the committee said was Georgia. And then Florida State in, I guess, kind of an ugly, just churn it out, like gets it done, nothing flashy. Um, defense plays great. They knock off Louisville. I thought personally that is a power five team that goes undefeated. You run the table. You win your conference with a couple of solid wins still on their resume as well. I thought it shouldn't be. I, I thought the criteria should be power five, undefeated champion. They're in. I get the injury. They're not the same team. I just think, why are we playing the games? if they're go undefeated in the ACC and they don't get in. Now I will say, I, I'm not surprised the committee did this um, to leave them out and put an Alabama in. I think those are the four best teams right now. But if you look at the body of work, like why, why have Florida state play these games? If even if they win, they're not going to get in. So I, I mean, I feel horrible for the Florida state fans because what else could they do? Like, you can't control an injury, and it was their best player. I get it. That's a huge loss for them. But it discredits the entire rest of the team and saying they're, 
they're not going to be competitive. And the committee's previewing the competitiveness of these other games rather than look at the body of work that Florida State put out on, on an undefeated schedule. So I go back and forth. I think it are the four best teams, but what's the criteria, I guess, moving forward? Like how, you know, it's hard because it's arbitrary of what they're picking from here. It's uh, not surprised they did it, excited for these games, but feel just gutted for the, the Florida State team, fans and, and coaches and everybody involved there. Right. There's so many factors that come into or, or go into making these decisions. And we don't know which ones mean more than others. You know, they say that they're all equal. You know, you can look at strength of schedule. They can look at, you know, who they beat. They can look at, I hate the term, but like quality loss. I think yeah. the committee probably looked at an Alabama loss at home against Texas earlier in the season as a air quotes quality loss. In my opinion, there's no such thing as a quality loss. If you lose a game, you lose a game. You know, um, they can look at, and, and I think the key one that left Florida State out of this thing is is they can look at, you know, the 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 players and the health and the status of you know the team at the moment the players and obviously Florida State was on their third string quarterback now had they made have had they made the playoff they Rotomaker would have been back he he had a concussion he would have been been able to go by New Year's Day you know that's a month away at this point and it's tough for me I can totally see both sides of the coin here in this argument right and if we're being totally honest you you can't look me straight in the face nobody can. Or, and say that they think Florida State is a better football team than Alabama. They're just not. They're not yeah. a better football team than Alabama. If they played right now, you know, next weekend on a neutral site, Alabama would probably be favored by 14 points, 17 points. And I know, you know, the odds aren't, aren't should not matter when picking the, the college football playoff, but Alabama is absolutely a better team than Florida State. Mm-hmm. But, but Florida State didn't lose a game. Alabama lost a game. Yeah. So if you're if you're Florida State, you're absolutely devastated. You know, it's it's the end of the world as a Florida State fan. Uh, I feel awful for Jordan Travis. I mean, just can you imagine how bad he feels right now? He probably feels like this is on him. He, he tweeted. He literally said, "I wish I had broke my leg sooner so that this country could have seen what this team is about, and it's not just the quarterback position because it it, it just sucks." Like you know, the committee that was one of their quotes of like. This team is not the same team they were for the first 11 weeks of the season. We can't ignore the fact that Jordan Travis, a player of that, you know, dy- dynamic, you know, stature is gone, which is true. They're, they're a different team that should be taken into consideration. It just sucks because they're getting discredited as a team for a player getting hurt, which you just can't control that. It's just very unfortunate. And then they have the backup get hurt. And, you know, they're either a third string guy, which for most programs is, is really hard to throw him in, in in a game this late in the season. He's probably not going to play as well as you know, the second guy or especially a guy like Jordan Travis, who's, you know, top five, top 10 quarterback in the country. So gutted for him to have to, you know, kind of wear this one right now. There's just nothing they can do, um, you know, at this point to prove that. I think another thing too is, you know, like you said, like looking somebody in the face and saying they're the, the, the fourth best team right now, they, they'd, uh, they'd beat Alabama at neutral site. I also was thinking about it. And it's like, as much as I thought they should get in, I wouldn't be able to look at somebody and say, the committee is going to leave the SEC out. Like they just were right. not going to leave the SEC out. They think that's the best conference in America. They have that bias, and whether it's right or wrong, you know, you know, number of teams in the top fifteen, all these different stats. I just didn't see a world where they would leave a one-loss SEC champion out. They just value that so much more. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I think they they confirmed that the SEC bias is real. It's a thing. And another thing that I think they they took into account is, hey, like. This is the last year it's four teams. This is the last year we're going to have to make 
these this difficult of a decision. This yep. is the most difficult decision they've made ever. And where in years past, this would have set some type of precedent moving forward. Right. It doesn't set any precedent next year because next year is 12 teams. And guess what? All these teams are going to be going to be yeah. making it in and, and we'd be arguing about you know who's going to make it in between Ole Miss and Missouri and, you know not who's going to make it in between an undefeated Florida State team and, yeah. and a one-loss Alabama team both conference champions and I also feel bad for the you know the North Alabama guy that tackled Jordan Travis on that play can you imagine how he feels right now some guy playing football in Florence Alabama for North Alabama they won like three four games this year and he determined the fourth team. He helped determine, you know, for as bad as it sounds, like he helped determine who made the college football playoff and who didn't, which is it's just crazy. I'm sure he's, you know, he's getting a lot of texts, and, and certainly I'm thinking about that right now as well. So just a, a terrible, terrible situation for if you're a Florida State fan. And another thing that I think is interesting is we talk about the eye test, right? And, and that's maybe part of the reason that Florida State didn't make it in because their offense yeah. looked horrible um, without Jordan Travis, but why is the eye test always about offense? If you if you take you know we're, we're we're naturally inclined to be biased toward the eye test only really mattering toward you know your offensive output. But when you think about it, I mean, and if you watch this game, Florida State knocks off Louisville, top fifteen team, sixteen to six. I mean, their defense passed the eye test. Florida State's defense passed the eye test against Florida in the swamp in an electric atmosphere. Florida State has one of the best defenses in the country. I think if you if you rank Florida State's defense. In teams that would have made the playoff, you know, if they had they made the playoff, I think they would have had probably the second best defense, maybe behind a Michigan. They certainly have a better defense than Washington. They have a better defense than Texas, even though I really think highly of Texas's defense as well. And and I think they have a better defense than Alabama, even though Alabama did a really good job in shutting down Georgia uh, yesterday in Atlanta, uh, especially that running attack. And, 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 you know, you can say that that Georgia wasn't fully healthy. Ladd McConkey was hurt. Brock Brock Bowers wasn't at 100% either. Um, but Florida State has an elite defense, and they have really good special teams too. It's it's not just an off if college football and, and football in general is not just up all about offense. It's a three phase game. It's offense, defense, and special teams. And Florida State executes on defense and special teams. They did what they need to do to win on offense without their without their quarterback. And it's just a really tough situation. And I, I can I can totally see both sides of this argument. Um, now, as a Michigan fan, I can certainly tell you that I would have rather played Florida State, and I think that kind of tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, like you said on the defense, their defense is so good. They've got dynamic guys, especially starting with Jared Verse um, on the D-line there. He's a first-round talent, arguably top 10, and you just look at it. It's like, what, what else did you want to see from the defense in that game? They absolutely shut down a Louisville team. I know it's not a, a top 10, like marquee you know, unbelievable team, but they're, they're top 15. They were 10 and two in the ACC. They had a great season. They've had a, a really good offense actually too, in terms of points, they shut them down back against the wall. Like, Hey, we're on the third string guy. Offense isn't going to be playing like it has the rest of the season. So I know the committee was like, Hey, it's not the same team, you know, that it was the first 11 weeks. Yeah. I think this defense stepped up even more and took it to a whole nother mm-hmm. level. The offense obviously took a step back, but I thought the defense balanced it out. It was like, hey, we can compete with anybody because of this defense and the special teams because the offense won't put, us up, put up as much points, but the defense can keep them in the game. So it is, you know, obviously, you know, offensive biased and for ratings, they want the four best teams, but I think they also want points, keep these games interesting, um, you know, keep them flashy, high scoring, and, you know, defensive teams just aren't aren't what the committee's looking looking for in a game like this. Mm-hmm. And you're right, you know, especially with the increased pressure on the defense these last three weeks 
against Florida. I mean, not North Alabama. These last two weeks against Florida and Louisville, the defense knew that they were, you know, they weren't going to be able to allow more than what 14, 15 points and win. And, and mm-hmm. they went out and they got it done, especially against this, in this Louisville game. There was a play uh, late in the third quarter, early in the fourth, where Florida State basically got sacked on a punt, and and Louisville took over possession inside uh, their own inside Florida State's thirteen yard line, and the defense got a pick. In, in the end zone and held them to zero points. Uh, there was a lot of situations in this game where, where Louisville could have scored and the defense stood up, stood firm mm-hmm. and, you know, held Louisville to two, two, two field goals. No, no, no touchdowns for, for Louisville in this game. So yeah, their, their defense is incredible. And, and, oh man, if I was a Florida state fan, I would be absolutely devastated. And, and the, I think the key thing is, I really do is that this does not set any type of precedent moving forward. And I think the committee had a little bit more confidence in making this decision. Yeah, there's going to be outrage in the coming weeks and months, and Florida State fans are never going to forget this. But at yeah. the end of the day, it 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 doesn't really matter because next yeah. year it it this won't make this won't make any difference. It won't yeah, it won't be a discussion. And I and I think my last point on it would be I mean, look at an Alabama. Compare them to Florida State. You take away Milrow. We've seen them without yeah. Milrow. Yeah. Them without Milrow is not getting to the playoffs. So it, it just sucks because you can't control the injury. And for that to be essentially the deciding factor here, like, shoot, dude, probably all those teams, like, they go, they all go down. We've seen Alabama without their top quarterback. They were downright horrible, almost lost to South Florida. So it just sucks that that's what ended up being the difference and for them to run the table and you know, creates great discussion for us and everybody else in the national landscape. And I think we can agree that the four best teams are in. It's just unfortunate that there's no perfect criteria. Like, honestly, like you could have, you know, had a contract for the playoff being like, hey, if of the Power Five for this year, Big 12, Pac-12, ACC, SEC, and um, the name all of them there? I think, I think all, you hit all of them. Yeah, yeah, all five of them. If you go undefeated, you're in. Only caveat being if five go undefeated somehow, then right. there's a conversation for four and five you almost could have had that in the contract of like hey if for this last year if we run the table you know we get represented and so mm-hmm. it was just up to the committee and fortunately there's no guidelines that they have to follow it's it's just based on they thought these were the four best teams right now i think they are it's just it just it just sucks that's how it went down yeah and there is nothing in in the contract there is no bylaw that says if you go undefeated you have to make the yeah. playoff um these guys can make t- difficult decisions like this. And it's unfair to the players, obviously, at Florida State. And and the SEC bias is real. You know, Florida State had a, a great win over LSU in week one, and it ultimately doesn't doesn't mean anything in, in the eyes of the yeah. committee. Um, I, I think that Texas win over Alabama certainly means something in the eyes of the committee because um, they ranked Texas three over over Alabama, yeah. who's fourth. I think if, if they played right now on a neutral side, I think Alabama would be favored in that game. Um, so yeah, it, it to me it kind of says like, okay, you know they had to put in, they had to put in Washington. Texas was pretty much a shoe in, but it, when it came down to the decision, it's like, well, the SEC is a better conference, and it, it just feels like we're we're gonna get to the point where only really two conferences matter at all, and it's gonna be the Big Ten and the SEC and those teams yep. next year when we're deciding between okay, who's the last team in, who gets these at large bids there's going to be a heavy bias toward the Big Ten and the SEC and specifically the SEC. I mean, the ACC, I believe it was, they went like six and four against the SEC this year in head-to-head matchups. The ACC mm-hmm. outplayed the SEC on the football field. Florida State out- outplayed every opponent that they had on the football field. Alabama lost a game. And, and we, can, we can talk about this for days and days and days, but 
at the end of the day, I ultimately think they put the four best teams in the playoff. Um, it, oh, I, I say they, they they put the four best teams in in the as in the sen- as of today and as of like as of the teams that had to make it. Right, Michigan and Washington had to make it. Uh, I think if you were picking the four absolute best teams, you could probably make an argument for Georgia being Georgia. back in it. Georgia you could make an it. argument for even an Ohio State team being back yeah. in. It. I think Ohio State's awesome. a really good football team. Yeah, and I think for Georgia, case in point, this will all be always be the case. The earlier you lose, the better chance you have. You lose your mm-hmm. last game before the committee, mm-hmm. that, that leaves a sour taste in your mouth, and you're not a conference champion. First loss in three years, and it was uh, the dagger, you know, the nail in the coffin for these guys. Yeah, and it, it it tells me that it doesn't really matter how you play in September, in October, and even that mm-hmm. first half of November. It matters how you play in, late. in you know. Well, you know, Alabama is a Hail Mary miracle play away from not being in this thing. So it tells me yeah. it really only matters that you make a conference championship and you and you beat a highly ranked team. Like, we don't really know exactly what matters, yeah. which is what makes yeah. this thing ridiculous. Um, and, of course, when they're interviewing Bud Kerrigan, the playoff committee chairman, he doesn't really give any good insight. Yeah. And, and no one the, really he knows. Doesn't give a- solidified answer it just leaves it up for more interpretation the one the one thing i was pleased with was once they picked alabama in over fsu i would have been upset if they put alabama at three instead of texas Mm -hmm. because you can say body of work alabama's better better resume but i think in a situation like that what's the easiest tiebreak to look at have they played oh they did and texas won at alabama i don't care if it was during the season that should be the number one tiebreak if the teams have ever played who won, boom, they're higher ranked if they have the same amount of losses. So I was glad because I, I thought they might have put Alabama in over Texas, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah, that there would have that that would have caused some some outrage. Um, absolutely. I mean, we can talk about Texas. They look great. Yeah. You know, Quinn Ewers threw for 452 yards against Oklahoma State, which is a career high. Um, he went 35 for 46, four touchdowns, did, did throw one bad pick, uh, just didn't see the linebacker there kind of hiding underneath the line, but they dominated Oklahoma State. You know, it was 49 to 21. It, it really wasn't that close. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State was basically playing um, the chuck it deep and, and try to get a pass interference offense. Uh, they couldn't get anything going against Texas. Ollie Gordon, 13 carries, 34 yards. Uh, Texas, you know, um, was was great and, and dominant really in all facets of the game. And, and we said this in the preview, right? They're going to have to win big and they're going to have to set some type of, of, of statement. And, and they did just that. And I think, I think they're deserving to be in this thing. Um, and, you know, if you're a Texas fan, you're elated. You, you get the better matchup in the playoff. You'd much rather play a Washington than an Alabama or a Michigan. Um, and, and they're going to be going to New Orleans, which is going to be a home game basically for them uh, down, down there in the bayou um, against a Washington team that you know, has a great, great fan base. But it's a, it's a much yeah. longer trip for them than, than, than the Longhorns. Yeah, I mean, this played out really well for Texas. They went to that game. And if things played out with chalk, they could have been on the outside looking in. If Florida State had a big win, Georgia wins. They could have been left out here. They jump all the way up to three. They get a great matchup, I think, against a Washington team. And they get the game um, you know, that's still in the South, in Louisiana and New Orleans. So I think that's huge for them. It's a long-distance travel for Washington. I think Texas, that fan base will travel better. And they're rolling. Quinn Ewers had arguably the best game of his college career. They mm-hmm. dominated Oklahoma State. And this football game was over from the get-go. We said it last week. They needed to win. They needed to win with style to uh, put their stamp um, to make it into the playoff here for their full resume. 
they did just that. They left no question about what this team is playing like at, at the end of the season here. Um, they dominated. Quinn looked great. The running game looked great. The defense played solid. They were flying around the field. They were pulling out the full arsenal. I mean, this is not a team I'd want to play right now. And I mean, no. shoot, it's, it's definitely solidified. I mean, Texas is back, man. They're back. Yeah, and they're, they're four and a half point favorites in that game against Washington. And, and we can chat about Washington too. I was, I was really impressed with what they did against Oregon on Friday night. And we talked about it. We felt like it was a disrespectful line. You know, for, for a 12-0 team that beat Oregon already earlier in the season to be a 10-point dog in the rematch in Las Vegas, felt like a disrespectful line. And man, they came out firing, went up 20-3 to in this game. We're running the ball all over Oregon, end up running for for 157 yards on 37 attempts. Dylan Johnson, their running back, 28 carries, 152 yards and two touchdowns. He was banged up in this game too. He was not 100%. They win the game 34-31. Ultimately, you know, Oregon took the lead in the third quarter and and Washington made more plays down the stretch. Um, Huge touchdown there at the end. And and, and Oregon came down and scored real fast. Like we, we knew they could do all year. Um, and, and made this a, th- a game, but Washington got a first down at the end and, and sealed it. And for me, Washington won this game in the trenches, which is, you know, we were hearing all this hype about Oregon coming into this, that they're really good in the trenches. They're going to be amazing in the Big Ten because they have great line play. And a lot of people were making the case for Oregon being one of, if not the very best team in the country. And Washington heard all of this. They didn't say anything. They kept it internal and, and, and they... They come out and they they destroy. Uh, not they destroy. They they beat Oregon convincingly. I would say you know considering they went up twenty three had 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 a, you know struggled early in the middle of the game but closed it well. I would say this was a, a sound convincing win by the Huskies. And my takeaway is, wow, Washington was really good in the trenches, and and wow, Ken Michael Penix sling the ball all around the field. He was really impressive. Three hundred nineteen yards in the air, a touchdown, and, and did throw a pick. But he might be the best passer in all of college football. Yeah, I mean, they took that disrespect and they ran with it in this game. And an undefeated team that was flying high, they just find a way to win. That game plan was unbelievable. They figured out how to slow Oregon's offense down. Um, they drained a little bit of clock and Penix just, that guy is an, un, I mean, some, the placement on the, the football for him is just unbelievable, finding his wide receivers. We've got a bunch of good ones there um, on the edges for him. So that offense, they got the running game going with, with Dylan Johnson that you mentioned. And Oregon was just a step behind. They took the lead in the third quarter. But it just felt like Washington was just a step ahead this whole game. Game mm-hmm. plan was there. Offense was clicking. They weren't making, you know, backbreaking mistakes. And, you know, Oregon scored that late touchdown. Awesome. You know, they, they scored like two, three plays, which they're capable of. And Washington just found a way to get first downs. Kind of like the Alabama game late. Put the game away. Ran the clock out. Gave them no chance with the football again, no matter the time on the clock. And they just find a way to win these games. They were disrespected. It was a disrespectful line. Um they had beaten Oregon before, and they, they proved it again. So don't count them out against Texas. I, th- I think we're both kind of leaning their way for that game. But don't count them out. This offense and, and the way they play, they're capable of anything at this point. And, and um, you know, I just wouldn't sleep on it. You can't at this point in the season. Yeah, I think they're happy and relish the 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 opportunity of playing as an underdog. And they, and they play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And they beat Oregon twice. You could have made the argument that they were they could have been the number one team in the college in the yeah. final rankings here. Ultimately, they finish at two. I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Uh, but they they were great, and I think they're going to give Texas a really tough game. I think it's going to be a close one. I believe Texas is four and a half point favorites. 
Um, I, right now, early lean is I like Washington plus the points. They've proven it all season that um, they they know how to win. Um, and but I think man, that's gonna be that's gonna be a really fun one down there in um in New Orleans. And yeah, that great, honestly, great way for the Pac-12 to go out. I know it's it's sad that the Pac-12 is is gone, but great way to, for it to go out. Was that the first ever undefeated season by a Pac-12 team ever? Right. Yep. Yeah. Full, full 13 and 0. Yep. First time. Unbelievable that it happened in in the, in the farewell season, but they ran the table and something that's never been done for the PAC 12 at the best season ever by a football team in that conference. So just crazy. They got themselves all the way up to number two in the country and, and Penix, uh, you know, did it again. They just find a way in these games, man. It's close. So not going to count them out against Texas. I think it'll be a a, a tough game with great offenses, guys making, uh, you know, plays when they have to on defense and just excited for that one overall. Yeah. Um, we can talk about the Big Ten game real quick. I mean, wasn't yes. wasn't the most entertaining game by any stretch of the imagination. Michigan wins twenty six to zero. Didn't really have any sustained long touchdown drives. It was mostly taking advantage of a great punt return by Shamash Morgan, the true freshman who's been incredible for this team, um, and uh, taking advantage of a fumble, taking advantage of uh, two fumbles actually with short field p- punching it in. Corm had two touchdowns. Uh, JJ threw for one hundred forty seven yards. And they they held Iowa to to zero points. Uh, there was that that golf club bar in in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, that was offering free beer until Iowa scored. Must have been an absolutely chaotic night there. Hopefully, all the the designated drivers were active. There. Yeah, hopefully, all the designated drivers uh, were very active and, and stayed stayed sober without drinking. But free beer all night in Cedar Rapids, apparently. Um, yeah, Michigan, you know, did what it had to do. I wish we were able to run the ball more. Didn't really get much going on the ground a uh, couple drops loveland had a bad drop barner had a bad drop um, michigan's you know wide receivers weren't able to really create much separation on the outside which is something to note heading into this alabama matchup um, but i was a great defense you know and i think that's something we've said all season their defense is great um, they just have an anemic offense and got to see it firsthand last night and three three, three straight big 10 championships i mean you know there was a time in in the 2020 COVID season, where I didn't think I'd ever see Michigan beat Ohio State, at least for the next, you know, for the foreseeable future, I didn't think I'd ever see Michigan make Indy, let alone win three straight. So you gotta appreciate these as you get them. Um, next year would have been a rematch against Ohio State. So 13 and 0, Big Ten champs, 9 and 0 in conference, uh, 10 and 0 after. Sorry, yeah, no, no, they went, yeah, 9 10 and 0 in conference. Um, and yeah, couldn't, couldn't be happier. Uh, wasn't maybe the, the most amazing game, but they got it done. Hey, Big Ten West is going to finish a nice 0-10 in, in Big Ten Conference Championships. So definitely the right call to get rid of, uh, you know, making sure there's a division representative. Mm-hmm. Next year will be the two best teams just in the conference overall. And for Michigan, you know, they're sitting there like, hey, we'll, we'll take Iowa. Win's a win. And let's be honest, they knew they were going to win this game. They didn't have to pull out any crazy trick plays or get crazy, go for it and forth mm-hmm. down. They're like, hey, let's just be smart. Literally run clock from the opening kickoff. We'll get mm-hmm. our, our points when we need to. And they didn't need to win 50 to zero. They didn't need style points. They're going to be winning in here and, and they're going to sit at two if Georgia won and, and go up to one if, if, you know, when, if and when Georgia lost there. So for them, you know, didn't need to see much, just needed to see a win and defense destroy. I mean, the Iowa offense cannot do anything and we Nothing. do it all year, but we finally got to see probably the worst 10 and two team I've ever seen in my life in a power five, <laughs> but we got yeah. to see that on offense. It literally couldn't, it was just a struggle to get a first down at all in this game or get across midfield. I was thinking about sprinkling the the over half a point for Iowa's total. I didn't. 
I really was like, can they just get a pick or like a good punt return to kick a long field goal? Couldn't. So Michigan's defense did what they had to do. Offense, nothing flashy. A couple of times for Corum, you know, no mistakes. And, you know, wins a win at this point. Just, uh, you know, get ready for your next opponent here for a month and be ready for Alabama. But didn't uh, didn't have to see, you know, anything. Harbaugh looked good coaching and, and uh, you know, another win in the Big Ten Championship for these guys. Yeah, uh, Michigan now plays Alabama in the semifinals. Nick Saban has a month to prepare. So that's not great um, as a Michigan fan. They certainly have the toughest matchup out of any of the teams in the in the in the playoff. You see the team's reaction when they uh, when they announced it. Yeah, they were rooting for Florida State to pop up on the screen there. Yeah, and a lot of people dragging Michigan on Twitter for that. But you know, the funny thing is, if 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 people or if Michigan started cheering and were like, "Yeah, let's go, we want Bama." people would give Michigan crap for that too. Like you guys really asking for Bama? Like you really know what you're getting yourself into? So it's a lose-lose situation. And obviously you're rooting to play Florida State. I think it it was maybe an initial shock too that, whoa, they they really ignored Florida State in this situation. Um, But Michigan opens as like a one and a half, one, two point favorite. So it's pretty much a pick them in that game. And, uh, you know, currently in the process, in the works of of getting, getting some, some tickets to that game. So, Curtis Corner very very likely to be boots on ground for that game out there in LA uh, in the Rose Bowl. Um, so super excited. Oh, yeah, honestly. it's the Rose Bowl. Yeah. So it, I've always wanted to go, and we've always talked about you know if Michigan ever makes it. My family we talk about if Michigan ever makes Rose Bowl, we're going to go, and, and they're they're finally in it. Um, so it would be oh, an incredible God. experience. Um, going to be a great one. Going to be. Whew, I mean, I'm already worried about Milrow. You know, his legs, maybe not his arm, but Michigan. Has a great defense. Michigan has arguably the best defense in the country. Ben don't break. Um, so that we'll preview that obviously more in, in the coming weeks, but it's going to be a really, really fun game, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be an awesome game. Granddaddy of them all at the Rose Bowl. I think Michigan's going to travel really well. Alabama too, but I think, have, I think Michigan's going to have a little bit more support, you know, just being a Big Ten team. Rose Bowl draws a little bit more um, in, in that aspect. So love that that's still there. I hope they keep that tradition of a Big Ten team. You know, it's Pac-12 leaves. Um, as a conference, I hope they keep that alive, at least for the Big Ten, to be in the Rose Bowl, um, the expanded mm-hmm. playoff. But excited for that game. Going to be an awesome matchup. Both teams have a lot of time to prepare. Um, and just going to be a really good game. I'm excited excited for that one. And Michigan did, did what they had to do to, to win the Big Ten, and, and they're in the playoff now as the number one team in the country. Absolutely. Before we get into some of the Group of Five conference championships real quick, you want to uh, – I'm actually looking at this live. we got the New Year's Six Bowls coming in live as we speak. Um, the first one, the the Fiesta Bowl this year, Oregon, they're going to be taking on the Group of Five team. Do you have a prediction? We saw what happened. Have you seen it yet? Have you seen who's playing in this game yet? I haven't seen it, and I texted you after the game's ended. I think SMU has a better resume than Liberty, but Liberty went undefeated, so I think, you know, do you credit an undefeated thing, which they didn't do at Florida State, so I, I think... I wouldn't put it past the committee to go with an 11-2 and two SMU, but I think you know, Liberty ran the table. They were a top 25 team. I think they're going to get the nod. It is Oregon versus Liberty. It is Oregon right. versus Liberty, and, and Oregon I, is a 19.5-point favorite early on. Um, I think SMU had a better resume, and the committee doesn't care yeah. about undefeated. Yeah, I know. And SMU... Liberty didn't, didn't play anybody this year. Yeah, SMU's only losses were Oklahoma and TCU, and then they just went into Tulane. Without Preston Stone, who broke his leg last week, a and backup they were, quarterback at SMU Kevin, was in. Kevin Jennings, they had the backup quarterback, and they won the game by twelve points. This really wasn't that close oh. of a game. They beat 
basically undefeated Tulane. Tulane's only lost just to Ole Miss, and they yep. win, and, and they don't make it. I know they have two losses, but it's clear that the committee doesn't care what you do with your backup quarterback. It's all what, what you look like. Liberty had a nice win over uh, New Mexico State. Diego Pavia went down for New Mexico State, looked like a shoulder injury, and yep. he did not he did not finish the game out. It was close up until then. It was actually a pretty back-and-forth entertaining game. Yep. Liberty comes out um, with the win. Their quarterback, Kadon Salter, had a hell of a game. 165 yards on the ground, um, 319 through the air, two touchdowns through the air, and, and they look good. But you're right. like They hadn't really beaten anybody. Their best win is probably this New Mexico State game. Now they beat them twice now. I don't know, man. It was a tough decision. Ultimately, they go with the undefeated team. I, I can't fault them. I mean, I can't fault them. But SMU looked good, too. And now SMU's moving to ACC. Yeah. It, it's just funny because it's similar to that Florida State team thing. Like, undefeated team, but I think the resume for SMU is better. It's just funny that they flip-flopped in, in terms of determining this one. Uh, but, yeah, Liberty ran the table. Caden Salter, I think he's a sophomore. Like, look for him. Maybe well, we won't get into all mm-hmm. the portal stuff right now on this one. But a lot of guys maybe jump in the portal, a lot of quarterbacks. So great game. I was actually on, you know, I think you had them as your upset in Mexico State. I was on them and and Pavia tied this at 35 and got hurt on that drive. And I think he had a lingering problem going into the game. He just gutted it out and, and just couldn't after a few hits, you know, into the third quarter. And once he went down, Liberty's offense was just rolling and New Mexico State lost their mojo and their, their best player there. And uh, man, I think they could have done it if he stayed in that game. He's just a warrior. He's after yeah. his dog. But Liberty gets it done. They're at home. And you know, on the SMU side, I, I'm, I'm kicking myself because I had them last week on the pod. And then when I saw that Stone was out, I, I switched my pick. But they just got it done. They, they took down Tulane at Tulane. And with the backup, they looked great. Defense was shutting down Michael Pratt all, all night long. Um, and they, they got a huge win as they move into the ACC. They locked up their coach for a few more years going into a bigger conference. And they're rolling. They're rolling going into the Power Five now. Or Power Five. Yeah, first conference. Yeah, it really is the power four now. The first conference championship for SMU since the eighties. Wow. So great, great for them. I think it was. I'm not. I, I might be wrong, but it was the first one since the death penalty, if I'm not mistaken, when they got the death penalty that program. Um, so yeah, I mean that that would have been a lot more dramatic a lot next year than 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 this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Liberty gets in the Fiesta Bowl. They're going to be taking on Oregon. Oregon heavy favorites there. Might not see Bo Nix though. You know, it might be Ty Thompson. That's the for, thing for with us. all these lines. Watch who plays. Is Bo Nix going to play? I mean, you look at a Georgia team, Brock Bowers might, like, do they even sit in the best non-playoff game? Like, we're in a a state where guys like that might sit those games because it's not for a national championship implication. So I think these lines might shift depending on on who goes in in a lot of these ball games. Um, You know, I think, like, Liberty, SMU, these smaller teams, like, those guys will go. But it'll be interesting with a lot of Power 5 guys declaring for the draft of if they go in you know, really high bowl games like Georgia's game or lower ones, you know, guys will set those out where it's just like you're a seven and five team, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, it's one of the things about bowl season is a lot of these guys just don't play uh, that are going to go to the NFL, but it is fun. Like as a college football fantasy, yep. kind of the next crop, you know, the next, the, who's going to be the the playmakers for these teams next year. Um, get a little preview there. Chick-fil-A peach bowl down there in Atlanta is going to be a fun one. Ole Miss makes it in. And they're going to be taking on Penn State. Penn State currently a, a one and a half point favorite, um, so that that should be a good one. Um, and then Capital One Orange Bowl in Miami, you got Florida State, and they're taking on Georgia. Georgia is a twelve point favorite at the moment. Um, and then the Goodyear Cotton Bowl is Missouri 
So Missouri and Ole Miss both make it. Uh, it's Missouri taking on Ohio State. Ohio State, a seven and a half point favorite. And for as much as I don't like Ohio State, I want them to win that damn football game. I can't with these SEC fans saying Missouri is worth a damn. Missouri is not that good. Missouri has not beaten anybody that good. Um, I, I think I want, um, I want, I think I want Ohio State to win. But that should be a good game. And just pulling up the rankings, the the teams that missed out on the year six, right? Who missed out? Um, I can't think off the top of my head. I'm trying to find. I mean, LSU might have been like there was somewhere between 12 and 15, I would guess, but they would have been behind Ole Miss and Missouri, which makes sense for 10 and two teams. Yeah, there are three losses. So, okay, who missed out? So Uh, Oklahoma, I guess they put in Oklahoma was 10 and two. Oklahoma, Oklahoma is is kind of the main team that missed out, and then LSU uh, missed out. Uh, but they had three losses, so they kind of deserve to miss it. So, yeah, we have the final rankings now. They just I mean, released that, them. That it looks means like they had an SEC bias and took Mizzou and Ole Miss at ten and two yep. over Oklahoma. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah. I I will say that and people... Oklahoma Go and Oklahoma beat Texas. Oklahoma beat a playoff team. Yep. Who has who has who has Missouri beaten? Who has Ole Miss beaten? Nobody. Their yeah. best wins are Ole Miss's best win is LSU, and Missouri's best win is Kansas State. Yeah, it's an SEC bias, case in point. I I will say, Florida State, Georgia, they're going to be dogs, but they've got their chance to prove. I know it won't, you know, they can't win a national championship, but hey, man, if they can pull that off, we might see a little UCF situation where they're saying, we went undefeated, we're we're national champs, whether you like it or not. (laughs) And especially because UCF beat Auburn, I believe it was that year, but if Florida State beats Georgia, there's a lot of people out there that think Georgia is one of the best four teams in the country. Arguably still the best team in the country. If not the best, yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so, and then just looking at the rest of the rankings, they just came out as we're talking. Uh, LSU 13, 14 Arizona. So Arizona finishes inside the top 15. Louisville 15th. So Florida State finishes with a top 15 win, but it doesn't matter. Two two top 15 wins actually. Uh, LSU and Louisville, but again, it doesn't matter. Uh, Notre Dame 16, Iowa 17, NC State finishes 18. So sneaky good season for them. Um, Oregon State 19, Oklahoma State 20, Tennessee, Tennessee finishes 21, Clemson 22. Um, oh, this is brutal. This is br- Liberty 23, SMU 24. Oof. I mean, that's how close it was. One, one freaking point. And then Kansas State finishes out the season at 25. Um, yeah, really close. And bowl season is here. Bowl season is here. Um, other conference championship games that we did. Miami wins the MAC. Miami gets the upset win over Toledo. Boise State takes down UNLV and and they fired their coach two weeks ago and, and they win three straight and win the Mountain West. Uh, and then Troy. Troy knocked off App State in pretty convincing fashion, 49 to 23. Any thoughts on those? Yeah, kind of surprised. I don't think I don't think Troy made it into the top twenty-five. They're my group of five pick before the season. They went eleven and two. I know it's the Sun Belt, but um solid win over App State to win this one. They dominated. Um so I was on them happy all season and Big win for Troy. Watch their coach maybe uh, in the uh, coaching carousel. He's had a couple good seasons there in the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. Boise State, man. I was on UNLV in this one. Pure domination of those guys in Las Vegas. What a turnaround. They're looking at maybe not even going bowling when they fired their coach. They go 8-5, mm-hmm. go 6-2 and two in the Mountain West, dominate this one. They'll be in a great bowl game now because of it. And that's a that's the program we thought they were going into the season and, and into a probably a revamp like Mountain West Pac-12. Um, they, they might be the, you know, right behind Oregon State, 
Washington State that right now, like that Boise State team, like they're finally taking that jump up into this next conference. And I'd be worried about them and like the recruiting ranks and everything, um, you know, for the West Coast and the Mountain States and everything um, for those guys. And I was pretty surprised Miami of Ohio knocked out Toledo. They're on their backup mm-hmm. quarterback. And that Toledo was rolling there 11 and 1. Daquan Finn, they did have a big game. He played solid, but Miami Ohio gets that one done in, in the MAC there to go 11 and 2 on the season. Yeah, great win for for Miami, and um, they're they're going to go to a, a good bowl game. I don't think it's been announced yet, um, but yeah, I, I was I was shocked. And Toledo, you could have made the argument if Toledo won that game, hell, maybe they could be in the running for for the New Year's Six. But I think ultimately they went with like just the undefeated um, aspect of Liberty and kind of kept it chalky, which is, is funny because again, Florida State went undefeated and they they didn't really use the logic there. Um, Boise State, yeah, really impressed with them. They, oh man, this was a hell of a game. One of my players to watch was Aston Genty. I mean, he goes for 21 carries, 153 yards, and a touchdown. Um, also, Taylor Green for them, two touchdowns on the ground, their quarterback. Uh, and he also threw for threw for two. Jaden Miava threw two picks, so not great there. Um, and, and you know, he's still a great season for the Rebs out there in Las Vegas, but Boise, kind of the class of Mountain West. And you're right, the Washington State and Oregon State signed like a, a scheduling deal with with the Mountain West next year. So it's going to be, you know, elevated um, conference certainly next year. And, and I think ultimately Wash State and, and Oregon will, Oregon State will look to join a different conference. You know, why not just join the Mountain West? They'll probably go elsewhere, but still good for them. Uh, for, good for that conference. And then, yeah, Troy, Kamani Vidal, 233 yards, five touchdowns on oh. the crowd. Hell of, a, hell of a game for him. Hell of a season for Troy and, and winning the Sun Belt 7-1 and one in conference. Great team. Finish 11-2. and two. Um, so yeah, it was a fun weekend, fun weekend overall. Uh, some other bowl games that have been announced. You got the Cheese It Bowl, Citrus Bowl. Cheese It Citrus Bowl, sorry, is Iowa, Tennessee. Tennessee favored by 11.5 at the moment. The Alamo Bowl is going to be a good one. We got Arizona and Oklahoma. Oklahoma that one's two always and a half fun. Favorites. Yes. Usually that game is always fun. That's usually a shootout down there. James Madison is going bowling. Their head coach just went to Indiana. Yeah. Uh, talking a lot of trash in his opening speech to the basketball team. <laughs> They're taking on Air Force in the Arms Forces Bowl, Armed Forces Bowl, sorry, in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, and then we also have Boise State, oh, UCLA, in the announce. LA Bowl. So it's, yeah, it's yeah, that JMU one. Air Force? It is, JMU okay. Air Force in uh, in the Arms Forces Bowl. Yeah. They're, um, we, yeah, again, won't get into the transfer portal, but the JMU quarterback, McLeod, he just entered the portal too this weekend. So that, yeah, that's another so, thing with these teams, like, now there's going to be a lot of backup quarterbacks playing a lot of quarterbacks from the portal, man. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, we just don't know who's going to be playing in these games yeah. um, at this point. But I love bowl season. Can't wait. Uh, this weekend was, was I mean, bonkers. We asked for chaos. We got it. We went with chalk in our picks. Ultimately, that did not happen. And but I think we, we, I think we have uh, – and I think we probably got the most entertaining playoff possible. You know, people forget, mm-hmm. but those – the semifinals were amazing last year, but yep. traditionally speaking, they have not been that entertaining. Yep. And I think next, the, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I can't say locked in stone, but I think hopefully these playoff semifinals are going to be great. And we still have the potential for a great national championship as well. So yep. I think this is ultimately, obviously, if you're a Florida State fan, it's absolutely devastating and you feel awful. I think ultimately, if you're a neutral fan and you don't have a dog in the race, this is probably the best probably four the you can get. Best watchability that we were going to get. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that. And just one small note, we did our final Heisman rankings last week. And I think because of the loss for Oregon and Bo Nix, I think Jaden Daniels is going to take this one now simply because 
Bo Nix lost that game. And I don't think Penix can jump uh, both of them. I think it's Jaden's Jaden's now. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think Jaden Daniels is going to win the Heisman. And I think he's he's kind of going to going to soar up draft boards as well. Yep. You know, Luis is a is a really big Saints fan, and he he's dying for for the Saints to draft Jaden Daniels. Oh, so. keep him around. I think he, Louisiana. Yeah, and I, I think he could be good for them. I think he could be a good NFL quarterback. Uh, he's just you know these these dynamic quarterbacks that can run the ball and throw the ball. It's kind of a standard right now in the NFL and, and amongst the top teams in college football. I think he's. I think he's going to translate well. I think he's going to figure it out. So, uh, yeah, it's loaded NFL quarterback class, uh, loaded quarterback transfer portal right now. Uh, we can get into that later, um, but it's a great time to you know to be a college football fan. Uh, a lot going on here in the coming weeks, um, and, and a really fun conference championship weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we're not going to do for for this next seven days, but we. There is one week 15 game, so we can do it just on the pod here. Our very brief week 15 preview. It's one game. It's Army Navy. I think it's a really cool tradition that that's the only game after the, uh, after the season, uh, for everybody else ends. And I think it'd be so funny. Like we were saying earlier, like what if one of these teams ran the table, like an air force when they were undefeated, Mm -hmm. like what if it was these guys, like this game hadn't been played yet. And it had like somehow an expanded playoff prediction or, or, you know, an impact. So That'd be yeah. super funny if that happened one year, um, just to see what the committee would do, like postpone it or what do you do? So uh, Army-Navy, they're both five and six. Winner gets to go to a bowl game here. Um, uh, traditionally, you know, with these triple option offenses, low scoring game, over-under is 28 and a half. You might think of that as like an Iowa line. And Oof. Army is favored by two points right now. So I don't have a ton of insight, but I will say that Army lost to UMass and UMass is one of the worst teams in the country. And also UMass at home. Navy's in the better conference. They're traditionally the better team. They've they've kind of owned this rivalry. But again, Army is the favorite. But I saw I, I, I will with... say this though on the flip side. I saw Air Force when they're undefeated play Army in Colorado, and Army right, ran right. all over them in that game. Yeah. This game is in Foxborough, right? I, th- I think it's in, the, yeah, it's, in, it's in the Patriots Stadium. Um and you know, you can make the argument that the quarterbacks in this game are, are going to be better than what the Patriots are putting out there at quarterback <laughs> oh. <laughs> right now. Uh, Bailey Zappi, I think, is playing today as we speak. But give me give me the midshipman. I'm going to go with Navy. Okay. I think Navy wins a close one. I'll go flip side just to make it fun. Give me Army in this one. But I think it'll be low scoring. You know, every play matters in this one. It's it's down in the trenches. You know, no pun intended for these guys. Um, you know, salute the military and these academies here. And just a fun game to give them a lot of shine here. It's the only game on TV. And You'll go Navy, I'll go Army in this one, but um, fun to support those guys and, and watch that game next weekend. Yeah, so I, I know they're they're both five and six, and and they theoretically should be playing for a, a berth in a bowl game, but they're announcing all the bowl games today, so I, I have Ooh. no idea how it's going to work. I don't like, know actually is, how that would work. Yeah. Maybe they both yeah. are getting in. I actually it don't could know like, what. They, yeah. I don't know. Or maybe maybe what they're doing is they're leaving. I know there's like a couple, like the, the one that Air Force got announced in that's in Texas and Fort Worth. I think there's another one that's on the East Coast. And maybe this is like, hey, we leave one spot. Winner of this game gets it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Maybe that yeah. board game tells us what it, they're it, it, it might be like that, yeah. We'll see. I mean, we'll see uh, as these things get announced throughout the, yeah. the rest of, of Sunday today. Uh, but yeah. Crazy weekend, Joe. You got anything else before we get out? 
That's it. So fantastic conference championships. We got the chaos we wanted. Um, I think most folks would agree, but definitely Florida State gutted for those guys. But awesome chaos. Fun to talk about it and discuss for, you know, for us and everybody else. Army Navy the only game this weekend. And then tons of bowl games, man. Bowl season's fun. We'll see who's playing with the portal, you know, draft eligibility and, and declarations. But a lot of fun games as matchups come out. And then we'll definitely break down those. And uh, obviously the, uh, the college football playoff where your Michigan Wolverines, man. They're up to number one in the country, and they got a big one at the, the granddaddy of them all in January. Yeah, it's going to be going to be a great next month of college football, and we'll be back in the coming weeks to, yep. to preview some of these games, talk through some of the portal, um, you know, transfers and whatnot. Um, very active time in the sport, so stay tuned. Hope you guys enjoyed this one, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace out. Peace out.